Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Trend, the show where we talk about trending topics from a Christian perspective. We have a ton going on today, but first, I'm your host, Jack Dodgen, joined by Spencer Shaw. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I wish It's the most wonderful up. time of the year for you. Yeah. I've got four papers due by the end of the semester. I haven't started on any of them. (laughs) Well, okay. Besides the papers, but but there's lots of basketball going on, which is your... It is. It's it's like your your first Christmas throughout the year. It is. If if Duke was still in it, things would be going well. But that's true. There's been some. There's been some upsetting games. I've I've watched people. uh, I've watched some people get very excited. Uh, mostly about losses of other teams. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of people get excited about wins. I mean, the uh, my Cowboys were taken out real early, you know, uh, from the competition this year. But man, they they started to pull it together, together the, at the end of the this season. This year was and, interesting because a lot of times the big upsets you have end up being like first round, second round. Yeah, um, where the the big teams go out. After that, it normally kind of the teams that you have remaining in like the Sweet Sixteen normally kind of follow true to form and everything kind of works out like that normally. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year, the big teams really didn't start falling to the Sweet 16. You had none go out in the first round. You had Villanova and Duke in the second round. And then everything went haywire after that. Yeah, uh, especially with uh, uh, South Carolina, right? Yes, South Carolina hasn't even been in the tournament since like the 70s or something and look like at that. them now. And are now in the Final Four as a number seven seed with a new coach. It's just, it's crazy. It's really weird. It's normally, there's normally like one team that, you know, does the dark horse run kind of thing. And they're there. It was the, it was Wichita State several years ago. And you're like, you know, where where do these guys come from? And boom, you know, the Shockers are there. And it, it there were some other teams. Gonzaga has done that a few times, and now they've kind of UConn. They're consistently they good. Yeah, UConn. Just uh, these teams that just pop out of nowhere that you're like, haven't really heard of them, didn't really expect much out of them, and then here comes tournament time, and there it is. Which is why March Madness is so wonderful. Uh, as a tournament structure, but uh, South Carolina is one of those. I mean, you hear about that school all the time. Typically for football, uh, have a they have a very good football history, mm-hmm. and then here's basketball. They've done nothing for a long time, and then all of a sudden, Final Four. It's a big deal. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Um, then you have. Uh, and don't worry, listeners, we, we, we have a lot going on. We're not just going to talk basketball the whole time, though we could uh, for true. sure if we wanted to. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff, uh, you know, and you've seen the title already of this episode. You know what's coming up. Uh, but you wanted to talk a little bit about at the beginning here, um, and now I feel like I'm going to say it wrong. It's Is it LeVar Ball? LeVar Ball. Okay. Yes. I've, I've heard a little bit about <clears throat> him. Not having TV, uh, the way I get my sports is far different. And so I didn't even know about him until kind of the last few weeks. But I went and watched a highlight thing on him uh, on YouTube yesterday. So, And his shot form is horrible, but he's real good. He's, real the, good. he's the dad of... Oh, yeah. Okay, his son, yes. Lonzo Ball, 
who yes. is the star freshman point guard at UCLA. I saw the uh, first take was trending yesterday. And he has another son who scored 94 points in a high school basketball game. Good grief. About a month and a half ago or something like that. So his kids are really good. Um, I saw a video today that supposedly of him playing and it was not very good. And apparently he made it on, I think he played football and he made it on like the, the preseason squad of the Jets Mm -hmm. and then got cut. Bummer. So anyways, so what he's been doing is he's been talking big about himself. He's come out and said that he could beat guys like Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley (laughs) one-on-one. Two of the, I mean, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of our t- all time. Charles Barkley, maybe one of the greatest centers, one of the greatest one of big, the big men. Yeah, maybe the to never win it behind Tim Duncan, maybe like the second greatest power forward to ever play, yeah. and he's saying he could beat them one on one. And he said stuff like about his sons, uh, particularly. He's gotten a lot of talk about what he said about Lonzo. Um, you know, he said, if you took, if you put, if you switched him, who's at UCLA and Steph Curry, who's on the Warriors, um, that UCLA wouldn't be as good as they were, as as they are now (laughs) with Steph Curry playing and the Warriors would be better kind of a thing. I wondered what was said because I saw that Steph Curry finally responded. Um, is just crazy. And, uh, he said, did you see them on first take yesterday? I've. I saw the clip. So they I've both come walking out. Of, he's been on first take a couple times, I think. He and went back on, and Stephen A. Smith was like, you know, hey, your boy didn't win it. Stephen and A. just they, yells at him the whole time, and <laughs> I actually really enjoy watching him. No, it was great. Because the, LeVar doesn't know what he's talking about. They both walked out, and LeVar is out there, and he kind of struts in, and he's pumped and everything, and his son's... Like you know, just retreated into his hoodie or whatever, looks dead quiet the whole time. He goes and sits in his chair, doesn't say anything, and his dad is just firing off the whole time. Well, and Stephen A. called him and said, "You know, your your son didn't win it." And he goes, "Yeah, well, I got more kids coming up. I got two more chances or whatever." So, uh, uh, he did. His son did get congratulated on. He's officially going into the yeah, NBA. His his son's so. a great player, but he's gonna be good. He's His not, dad's horrible, though. You know, he's not as good as Steph Curry. LeVar said one time that uh, he wants him to go to the Lakers because he's going to have just as big of an impact as Magic had on the Lakers. Oh, that's so bad for um, his son, having and, to go into that situation. And the the biggest thing I think that he said was he came out and he said that his kids are um, better prepared for success than LeBron James' children. And LeBron James fired back pretty quickly and was like, don't you ever mention my family or my kids Oh man, ever again. Um, There's controversy like, everywhere. Props to, you know, LeBron has like a 12-year-old, I think is his oldest, who doesn't yeah, even I've have seen a cell some, phone. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some clips, you know, of him, his his older kid on ESPN already showing, you know, stuff and things like that. But, and so, you know, look, <clears throat> I, I mentioned that his, you know, son doesn't even have a cell phone yet to say, you know, yeah. LeBron hasn't pushed his kids into this big superstar place that they could be because of who right. their dad is. 
yeah. you know, he's tried to, you know, have them <clears throat> grow up normally, learn how to live in society um, as like a normal uh, person, regardless of who he is, which is kind of the opposite of what LeVar is trying to do. He's trying to get right. his kids to be these superstar people that he never was. Uh, and so there, there's a quote that I wanted to, to mention that kind of goes against everything that LeVar has been doing with, with his kids. He's trying to become famous because of his kids. Right. And the thing about success was LeVar was saying, my kids are more successful than LeBron's because my kids are superstar athletes. That's what he was basing success on. Right. Is they're going to go to the NBA. Uh, they're going to go play D1 basketball. And um, <clears throat> Gino uh, Oriema, who is the head girls basketball coach at UConn, mm-hmm. who has won over 100 straight games, countless national championships. Yeah. Just a phenomenal coach with phenomenal teams. It's been amazing what they've been able to do. And women's college basketball said the other day, that uh, parents need to stop making their kids into superstars and making them into uh, team players, making yep. them into to good teammates. Because he said that's what that's what he looks for, and it obviously works when he brings in kids like that who are going to buy into each other, buy into the system. Uh, those kids that aren't that aren't kind of like the the kind of superstars that LeVar wants his um, children to be. He says, I'm looking for right. uh, ones that are different, and I win 100 straight games with kids that are different than that. Um, so it's, you know, you, you see a lot of times you think success is that superstardom, and then you look at the UConn girls and you find out, no, um, that's not... It's not even what makes you good at sports, let alone good at life. You know, you look at LeBron's kids, they're going to they're going to have success regardless of whether, you know, they make it in the NBA, you know, what if they tear an ACL or something like that? And their success is all based on making it to the NBA. You know, there's bigger things. Mm-hmm. And so all we've seen in the news is yeah, but that's that's what we're seeing, and that's telling of our culture and stuff. Yeah. We like the controversial figures, which is really not the son so much as the dad. But we we value the people that build themselves up. <clears throat> In fact, uh, earlier this week, uh, the rapper Kendrick Lamar put out an, a single because he's about to release an album, and so this was kind of the pave the way. In the song, there are two different rappers that are also around right now that he basically rips throughout the song super popular i mean people love it people love the controversy people love the uh just love this mentality of you know you go and get him you build yourself up and that kind of thing and that's i mean it's it's that controversy that has given us the docket for the show that we have today uh not just with the basketball but huge controversy surrounding other areas of sports this is probably like the best segue we've ever had, and I've I've ruined it now by mentioning mentioning it. But this is perfect. This ties in wonderfully uh, with controversy and with sports. So two different things happened over the last uh, couple weeks here. First is this, uh, and they they happened prior to this, but they've gained a lot more notoriety the last couple weeks. So you have a guy named Mac Beggs. 
who is a female transitioning into a male uh, in high school in Texas. And Mac was asked to, even though transitioning into a male, go wrestle and compete with the the girls, uh, in, with the girls' high school wrestlers. One of the big things about this, though, and why it's controversial, or, or the biggest reason it's controversial here, is that... Um, Mac has said online, I mean, it's very, very open about been taking testosterone for the last like couple years. So on hormone therapy, all of this stuff, well, testosterone helps you build muscle mass and all of those things. So there are people saying, you know, she's a girl, got to wrestle with the girls. You got other people saying, okay, she's on, well, she's transitioning to a male, so she needs to go wrestle with the guys. Then you have people saying, on testosterone and so shouldn't be wrestling at all as she is a girl but she's taking performance enhancing uh you know hormones uh, in essence and so there's that but then at the same time you have over in New Zealand a male transitioning into a female who competed with female weightlifters in a international competition and uh Laurel Hubbard is the name here ended up winning this thing by over 40 pounds to the to the second place. So lifted uh, 268 kilograms. That's, that's nearly 600 pounds. Uh, and the next closest was uh, 42 pounds less. And then you had a lot of people saying, you know, uh, she in a uh, uh, laurel here in a test showed that the testosterone levels are very low. And so they're, you know, it's not cheating that, you know, he is a female. This is just how it is. Um, But you have a lot of people saying, no, that's still a guy. And so he should not be competing here. You have other people saying uh, she feels that she's a girl and our culture sees her as that. And so that's just how it is. We have to deal with that. And then you've got other people, uh, you know, saying that, okay, but... <clears throat> to to some degree, there is still testosterone there. There's testosterone in everybody. It's just higher in males. Uh, but you have you have that whole discussion going on. But there were some people with the wrestler, females that dropped out because they did not want to wrestle. Uh, this this girl becoming a guy, they didn't want to wrestle her because they didn't feel that it was fair, and so they just dropped out altogether. Well, um... uh, so. Uh, Large controversy surrounding these things. This will only continue uh, as this discussion goes on. What what kills me about listening to this, you know, specifically with sports, some of this trouble that's come up with uh, transgender in sports, is in some cases I feel like it's kind of ruining a, a sanctity of sports because of advantage and disadvantage that comes with because... It's hard to what what do you do with because uh, if if you think about uh, you know in in New Zealand it was a a a guy who was becoming a girl correct mm-hmm. who uh, competed with the girls and had an advantage but on the flip side if they had to compete with the uh, males probably would have had uh, quite a bit of a disadvantage. As well, either way, because of sure, yeah, the and so it's there's it's kind of a 
just from a sports angle, it kind of becomes a a lose lose. I mean, what it's it's unfair. No matter what you do, it's unfair to somebody. Well, and here's the thing too: you can't say like, "Well, just have a just have like a transgender league." Well, first of all, not going to be enough people. We hear about it all the time, but it's a minority of people. It's a very small, very small number of people that are actually transgender. But at the same time, you're not going to have people that are... A lot of people who are transgender do not identify as, oh, I'm transgender. They identify as I am male or I am female. Mm-hmm. I was just born one before. So there, there's going to be offense taken by them to say, okay, well, you need to join this third new group meant for you. And so there's... <laughs> what do you What do you do? Now, I obviously know how I feel about this. Uh, and there is a, there's a show on YouTube I watch. The guy is very, uh, he, he just reports on news things. He does a very good job of being, from what I can see, just very unbiased about it, just reports it, says his thoughts on it. If we don't know enough information, he says that. And a lot of the times, even when he gives his opinion, he says, you know, but new information may come out, things may change, but here you go. But he asked in the comments as he covered this story, said uh you know what do you th- what do you think you know wh- are you biologic biologically what you were born as or whatever and he answered his own question if biologically this is what you are then that is what you are biologically um one of the one of the weightlifting uh commenters the lady said this uh this is the lady that won bronze uh not silver she is who she is. That's the way politics and what the New Zealanders have decided. I can't say much more than that. She is seen as female. That's the way it is. And so you've got some people that, I mean, are just kind of resigning to the fact that, you know, there we go. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, and there's nothing we can do about it. It's just going to go this way. But this discussion is going to continue uh, because you have, I mean, what, what are you? I mean, does testosterone or the lack thereof make you male or female because that's in both of these cases you have the wrestler saying well i've been taking testosterone and so i should be wrestling with the guys and you have people saying she's on testosterone so she should not be wrestling with the girls and then over here you have somebody saying it's okay i've been transitioning for the last you know five or so years my testosterone levels are low, and so I can compete with the females. Well, is it testosterone high levels or low levels that make you male or female? And if that's true, then if you're born male and have high t- testosterone levels, does that not just make you a male and that's the end of it? I mean, what does t- do your hormones decide or not? There's uh, a- and that seems to be the, the biggest <clears throat> tricky part of all this. Well, we've one thing that we've tried to do in our culture with this if we is we've tried to make it um very easy and very simple to determine gender you know in in these cases when it comes to sports it's kind of determined by levels of testosterone and estrogen and that's that's sure. it and it's that makes it very very simple if that was the only thing that goes into making a male a male and a female a female, but there's a lot, there's a lot. Yeah, more. it's not all just down to hormone. There's a lot um, more biologically. There's a lot more psychologically. Yep. 
um, that goes into, you know, sometimes we want to make it like psychologically. Well, the psychological difference between male and female are uh, environmentally conditioned, which isn't true because the bio the biology affects the psychology. Yeah, as the gender as, is a social construct kind of idea or something like the, that. Yeah, the environment affects the psychology too, but it's not. It's not that. In this case, it's not one or the other. You know, if you think of like, uh, um, sometimes it, it is. If you think of something like autism, is all biology affecting psychology? There. Um, but you think of something like a psychopath is normally both. There's a biological precondition, and then there's a vi- environmental. Um, sure. Yeah, something that. Well, it's the whole nature versus nurture thing. Uh, um, I can't think of the word. Uh, what are trigger. the big factors? There's there. an environmental trigger yeah. that um, brings out that biological precondition to whatever. You can have a predisposition to, you know, being, um, you know, alcoholic, for example. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a thing that runs. But if you're, uh, like my wife, for example, you know, her dad had a lot of trouble with alcohol for a long time growing up. His, his parents were alcoholics. He was raised in an, in a environment where it was okay to just do that. So he became an alcoholic for a while. Uh, and he cut all that off. Well, his kids, have never even had alcohol because they are concerned, well, we could, I mean, we have probably the light, it's very likely that we would get addicted to this stuff. And they were raised in an environment where it was encouraged not to drink those things because they may have a predisposition to it. Well, if they were raised in an environment where it was, you know, drink all you want, it doesn't matter, things would be different with them. And so it's, you know, not necessarily one or the other, but by nature, they have this predisposition, but because of the nurturing environment they were grown up in, they were pushed away from the alcohol instead of towards it. And I do think that's at the heart of a lot of this stuff with uh, transgenderism. You know, guys, you know, as little kids, they're, you know, I like this pink color thing, or I like, uh, you know, I, I want to play with this doll or something. Well, you know, that's, that's what girls do. And well, I, I like girl stuff. Am I really a girl? And there've been a lot of things I've read from transgendered people, uh, books that I've read. And this also falls in the, uh, uh, discussion about homosexuality. Uh, there's a book called, uh, loves God likes girls. A lot of that she contributes to the environment that she grew up in as to why, uh, she has this predisposition towards liking other females. Uh, it's it's the environment for a lot of a lot of people, and a, a lot of this discussion. I think that's what that is. And what we the problem is, if somebody gets a hold of this podcast, I mean, we're putting it out there. What I just said is going to be inappropriate as far as a lot of people are concerned. Um, uh, you know, re- real quick, so. You know this. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but uh, my it's not my major. My minor is in family studies, family yeah. psychology, and I have an interest of continuing that, maybe marriage and family therapy type stuff, mm-hmm. potentially. That's kind of stuff that really interests me. And so when you talk about things like 
transgenderism or homosexuality. There's a lot of push <clears throat> on peoples by both sides of the aisle is to determine genetics versus environment, kind of what you said, especially right. on those two issues. And from a science psychology perspective, it's that we can't prove either or because, you know, if it was all genetics, then identical twins would either both be straight or both be homosexual or right. um, both be their born genders or both be transgender, for example. And that's not even close to being the case. Right. And if it was all an environment, two kids growing up in the same household would more than likely end up showing those same traits. Which again, right, they which don't. is also, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, that's not even close. It's it's so so sporadic. So I think on both of these issues that it's um, has to do with with both. You've got you may have a, a predisposition to just like you do to just about any anything that as a Christian we consider sin. You mentioned alcoholism. You could think about it, anger. Uh, you do podcasts on pornography, all that kind of yeah. stuff. You can have a predisposition to, and then uh, an environment can help to keep that from ever coming out, or it can trigger that um, thing um, as well. You know, because there's some people you think about alcohol that, regardless of the environment that they that they were in, they may never even drink. I mean, it may just never be something for them because they have right. no no even close to predisposition to liking that or wanting to binge drink or, or anything um, like that. And one, one problem I think we get into is that because of, of uh, some cultural standards, we, um, we want to fight sometimes the environment fights against the genetics and by that I mean okay so you mentioned so you have a son who wants to play with a doll and likes the color pink for yeah. example culture says well that's not what a male does and so maybe the parents force him to do something else or right culture says no that makes you a you're a man but you're really a a woman and both of those things I think are fighting against the genetics the psychology of that child it's okay for him to play with the Barbie that doesn't make him a girl it also doesn't make him right act any different than the way that a male should and I think that's one of the big things that gives rise to some of these issues is um, stigmas that uh, those those two stigmas on the the opposite side, which I think are both contrary to what's actually most likely going on in the development of the child. Yeah, you know, it's natural. It's actually scientifically natural, for example, for a man to want to put on his mother's, you know, high heels, for example, or something like that. There's just a yeah, nurture I did that as a kid thing. I mean that that's natural. That's not. That's going to happen pretty much with yeah. every kid. It doesn't mean either one of those things. 
Well, yeah, and then you get into the trouble with, uh, you know, you've got saying, you know, just with the doll thing. Well, that you know, that means he actually likes girl stuff or whatever. But then, you know, if you've got a girl playing with dolls and as they get older, it's like, why are you still, you know, playing with dolls? You should be doing stuff that guys want to do because you need to break out of being what uh, the the culture has told you what it means to be a female. Yeah. So go and do other things. And we, we don't know. We Our culture just does not under – we just don't get it. Whatever it is that you're doing is not good enough. You need to stop doing it and go do something else. And uh, and then you will have achieved what it means to be a, a great human being. And Except you won't case, have because nobody cares. And in, it, in one case, it's like the environment. I mean, I was going to say in one case, it's psychology, you know, making you male or female. But then you mentioned, you know, when a, a woman's older and isn't doing things that men are, that's seen as you know, wrong, you got to break out of, now it's cultural. Yeah. Now you've got to break yep. out of these cultural. There's a lot of things like that, that are, you know, women naturally are um, better at nurturing than men usually. Not always. Yeah, not always, um, but. And yeah. so, you know, that's one thing we can't put everyone in a box. Well, you're, you're a woman. These are your traits. No. It's not the way it works. But we also can't say just because you're a woman, these cannot be your traits. That's a really great way to look at it. And we got to move on to this next thing. But that's a really great way to look at this is uh, as much as we want to tell everybody, just be an individual, be yourself and say, you know, don't let people put you into boxes. That's what we do with people. We want to put them into boxes. Uh, and that's what we do as people. You know, I am homosexual. I am this. I am this. We throw a label on ourselves and say, you know, this is the box that I fit in. Uh, and here's how I am. And when we talk to other people and they go, you know, well, I am Democrat or I'm Republican, we immediately assign, well, then these are the things that you believe. These are the things, this is the way that you act. These are the things that you do. But that's not true. You know, I have, I have Democrat friends who love their guns. I have I have Republican friends who think that we should treat the gun discussion differently. I mean, it See, that's just not because you can say, well, you know, maybe I, I'm not totally sure if this is accurate. I think it would to say majority, more than half of those that support the Democratic Party probably would support stricter gun laws, but you can't pin that on every single person who thinks that way. Are you, are you saying we should treat people as individuals with respect and that kind of stuff? I think it would probably be a good idea to respect people. Okay. You know, for let's, let's do that. For hey, who they are. So we'll come back to this thought because this next thing feeds right into this. Speaking of uh, conservatives who might hold a non-conservative viewpoint, Tommy Laren is in the news. The segues are just... On point. And They're then you ruin today. Them. Right. By talking by about talking them. About because them. I, I have this desire to break the, the fourth wall, uh, apparently. But uh, you have Tommy Laren in the news. Very popular for really her Facebook videos. She does. She has a full show, but she does these little clips at the end where she uh, it's called Final Thoughts or it was called Final Thoughts. She's been fired now, uh, but it was called Final Thoughts. She posted those. Those would get shared millions of hits and she's garnered a lot of attention for herself 
by doing those things. You know, good for her. She is she has found a platform and used it well. She's fired now. I don't think she's going to have a problem finding a job elsewhere or even at this point just taking what she's doing herself already and building a platform off of it and not needing to work for anybody uh, and just running it herself, kind of going the YouTube route. She could do that very easily, I think. Well, she went on The View recently, uh, and she is very uh, conservative. Uh, She is pro-life as well, though she said on The View uh, to all those women there, that while she is pro-life, she does not believe that the government should be able to tell people what to do with their bodies. And so she she thinks, uh, uh, she said some things that were, I think, misconstrued as, oh, she's pro-choice. She's not, but she doesn't think that the government should be able to say, you can't have abortions. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people said, okay, well, she was pro-life, now she's pro-choice, what's the big deal? No, she just thinks the government should stay out of that whole thing. Well, the group that she works for, uh, The Blaze, which is where her stuff was posted, where who she worked for under Glenn Beck and all those, uh, they very much disagree with that. Uh, that's not to say that all, I mean, you know, again, not all conservative people think that you have to be pro-life, but I would say a majority are well, they didn't like the comments. So she was suspended at first, and then she was let go, or she left. The, there's, it's still kind of up in the air as to which one happened, but uh, but there we go. And it was over these comments. I mean, these comments are what made it happen. Here is the issue with this. On one hand, uh, you have uh, the conservatives who, and I have a lot of friends on both sides. I I try to listen as as much as I can. I've got a lot of conservative friends who regularly talk about how, you know, the the snowflake liberals just can't handle hearing ideas different from their own. And then you have Glenn Beck here and his company. They have an opinion that is different from their own on the matter of the whole pro-life discussion, and they end up getting rid of this girl. Well, isn't that contradictory to the the things you present? On the other hand, this is a discussion about, it's not just, you know, do you believe the woman has the right to do with her body or do you not believe that? It's, is that a human being inside of you or not? And if it is, then you don't get to kill another human being. There are rights to that human. And somebody who says, you know, I think that the government shouldn't be able to tell you not to murder that baby, which is the perspective of somebody who believes that that's a child. Mm-hmm. Why would you continue to hire somebody like that and pay somebody like that who believes it's okay or, or believes that the government at the very least should not uh, regulate on the murdering of another person? And so that's that's where this gets weird for me. Uh, and I understand kind of the perspective of all of that, but you brought up a good point uh, about yeah. disagreeing versus, you know, paying somebody you disagree with. Because the kind of the way that I approached this was I didn't have a problem with them uh, if it if they did fire her. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't see it as a as being contradictory to being open to new ideas and things sure. like that. Because as you kind of mentioned, the way that I approach it is there's a fine line between being open to other opinions and paying someone who has an opinion contrary to your business 
is in essence what this is. So if I'm running a, a business and, you know, um, let's do something that's not, in my opinion, the murdering of an unborn child, but something that's been big is recently is like Obamacare, for example. There was a big thing when Trump tried to get a new healthcare thing passed. But so let's say I'm running some kind of business or show or something like that. And the number one thing that we're for is um, we're against Obamacare. And so I have an employee who's speaking out heavily in favor of that. Well, that doesn't look good for the platform that I'm trying to build. Um, so I wouldn't want to necessarily uh, employ and pay that person to publicly go on air and speak against what my company's for. But that doesn't mean I don't bring people on my show, for example, that think differently than me to open up the discussion, to hear the different viewpoints. I'm just not having them on my payroll because sure. my I'm going to spend my funds to support what my uh, company is set out to support. It's kind of like uh, you, you as in the church, we wouldn't a church wouldn't hire a preacher that uh, believes things that are um, foundational to that church's beliefs. You know, if if the church oh, says these are the don't believe that scripture is uh, yeah you know fully we need to listen to all of scripture. It's from God. It's more of a uh, it's more of a good principled thing that we should. Follow. Well, you know, I agree to disagree, but. Uh, We'll put you on the payroll. We'd love for you to teach our Bible class. You know, if, yeah, if, if, if no. the church says the top five things you know, that we believe is the incarnation of Christ, the authority of a scripture that God created the, the world, you know, that grace comes through faith, you know, some of those kind of key things that you know, all, for the most part, all evangelical Christians believe, those kind of, and you know, someone applies for the job and disagrees with all of those things. Uh, You're not going to hire them. Yeah, I mean, it's but not, the al the alternative is it's not that you wouldn't, you know, as a as a preacher, I read and listen to people who think like that. Yes, but um, and that's me wanting to listen to the opinions, thoughts of of different of different people. I well, and I like reading people that disagree with me on things, but I wouldn't want to to hire them to teach those things in my church. And so that's the difference, right, between like somebody applying for the job and somebody attending that congregation where you are and saying, well, I'm not sure I agree with those things. If we get to a point where like, okay, well, we don't want you here. Uh, no, that's that's what you're talking about right there. You're not going to put them on the payroll and say, go teach people these beliefs that are contrary with the things that we believe here. You're not going to do that. But hopefully, and this is what encompasses, this is kind of our application for all of this. Transgender discussion, religious discussion, political discussions. Yeah, maybe you don't hire people that disagree with those things, but we've got to be able to listen to other people. If somebody is attending the, the congregation where I work and says, you know, I don't think God created. I think, you know, the, the theistic evolution lines of things are just straight up evolution lines of things. I'm not going to say, well, get out of this church. You know, if they want to stay that's what I'm going to teach, but I want to hear what they, they think as well. Uh, and that's where we have to be. 
Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I wouldn't belittle them uh, or any of those types of things. And, I, you know, and, and hopefully I didn't today you know, belittle anybody that we talked about. The fact of the matter is, and this is what you said just a moment ago, you, we can't stick people into boxes. Uh, as much as we want to label and say, well, if you claim that you are this and this is what you believe, people are people. People are individuals. Uh, they have differing beliefs. They have grown up in different environments. They've been taught different things. And so they, in the as a result, they have a belief in the end. We have to, one, be able to listen to people on, on with, that we differ with uh, and hear where they're coming from. They've got experiences and things that, that you don't, and so you have to listen to them. But on the other end of that, just as much as you want them to listen to what's true and maybe change their mind, you have to be willing to do that too. Uh, and I guess the biggest piece of all this is, uh, and, and I read this in an article last year, uh, that discussion with people who disagree is far more effective, not when you say, here's why you're wrong and why I'm right, but you say, can we both agree that the truth is out there somewhere? Well, yeah, okay. Well, if the truth is out there somewhere, do you think we can go find it together? And when you make the truth something that is out there to be attained and work towards it together, and this was in the context of evangelism, I said it was far more effective that way to do that and uh, than to say, here's why you're wrong and I'm right. The big, the big thing for me, I think, is that we need to be with people. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of uh, trouble, uh, misunderstandings about people and whatever it is, is because we want to figure out a person without being with that person. And so yeah, we want to read articles about that, what Democrats are like instead of actually talking to somebody who is in the boxes. We need to yep. to invest in people. Yeah, the more you talk with people, the more you realize people, you can't just cookie cutter people into this is what they are. You got to treat people as individuals, surround yourself with people that you don't agree with. Lovingly, I'm not saying you need to agree with the things that they say that you don't agree with, but lovingly disagree. That's going to be okay. Uh, that's, that's the show for today. It was a long one. It was full of stuff, but it was good. It's very good. Uh, treat people with respect. Take care of them. You can reach us at thetrendpod at gmail.com. Uh, if we missed anything, and I'm sure we did, but uh, we just had so much. Uh, go out of your way this week to go and talk to people. Uh, in, instead of reading about people that you disagree with, go talk to people that you disagree with and have these discussions face-to-face. Uh, it's going to be far more enriching for you and them uh, by doing that. That's a trend. Thanks for listening.